Her dad, former pro player and now pastor, is her coach. Vashti Cunningham doesn't play football like Randall did, though. She's a high jumper, and she's aiming for gold. It's her second time at the games. She's keeping faith. Most of it is mental training, Vashti Cunningham says about the high jump. Her event for the Tokyo Olympic Games this year, she competed back in 2016 in the high jump, the youngest Olympian to qualify for the U.S. since the 80s. Since then, she's earned a bronze at the World Championships. Now she's aiming for gold. It's not all physical. I trust God, she says. But it's not a rabbit's foot when you pull on the true and living God. There's real power there. She's right. There is power in that. The power of God and to salvation for all who believe. Vashti won't get superhuman abilities, but her faith will speak powerfully this year. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And with just a few more days left in the Olympics, we're still in a series called In His Image. Thou shalt not kill. You've heard that commandment before. One of ten that reflects God's holiness and shows us our need for a Savior. But why does God find killing humans so offensive? The simple answer is because God made humans in His image. The opposite of not killing is seeking to bless others, to promote life, and to love your neighbor. Why? Because they're made in the image of the Lord. During the couple of weeks of the Olympics, we get to see a little glimpse of what it could have been like to see the world loving each other. Athletes from all over the world hugging each other after their events. There's a bit of camaraderie that we don't regularly see in this world. But that begins to fade. And too often we go back to our sinful ways of seeing others as hopeless and wicked and ourselves as righteous. That's what happened to Jonah when God called him to Nineveh. He knew God was gracious and able to save, but he hated those sinners, and he wanted nothing to do with God's plan of redemption. In a moment, we're going to look at this strange Bible story, if I can call it strange, and we'll also see how the Lord reminded Noah that all people are made in the image of God, and that's why we have human rights, because they come from God. Stay around. Let's be encouraged together as we see how Jesus unites even the worst of enemies in the worship of our glorious God. As you've probably heard by now, we've been talking about how sin has affected our image-bearing status. And we've been offering a very helpful documentary on this subject. I asked the producer of the film, M.D. Perkins, to share with us his goals in making this movie. We want Christians who are unclear, uncertain on these issues to become settled in their minds and their thinking, to become clear about what God has said and what God intends through Scripture. We want those who, who are maybe hardened in their heart toward those who are same-sex attracted or those who, who have confusion over their gender identity to have a compassionate heart and in terms of outreach. And we want Christians to be able to stand firm in the culture. So we wanted to bring clarity and conviction on on all of those fronts. And the idea is, you know, we want want the church to be able to stand firm in the current Mm -hmm. age. 
mm-hmm. because there's so much capitulation and compromise and erosion that's taking place all over the church, and individuals are are being won over, and um, and denominations are, are being brought in on this. Christians need to be be able to have a clear answer to this because. Obviously, I don't think any of us would have chosen this to be the battleground of our age. Hmm. But we yeah. don't get to choose the battlegrounds. <laughs> they, they just emerge. Right. They're brought out in the midst of all of this by where everything is headed. And so this is the battleground. Whether we like it or not, we have to be able to, to have clear, compassionate, honest answers to the questions of how did God make us? What did God intend? What does God's Word say? And how can Christians stand compassionately and boldly in this culture and reach the world for Christ? I like those goals because they're so Christ-centered. And I believe M.D. Perkins achieved his goals after making in his image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. This documentary explores this subject compassionately and biblically, and it'll help you better understand what it means to be made in the image of God. I know it will give you hope that God is working to redeem many who are confused today and will give you a compassionate heart to pray that everyone finds their identity in Christ alone. Our number to call after the program is 800 654 2836 865 Haven or go to our website check out the long trailer we've put up there for in his image and then you could make your gift and ask for the double DVD at haventoday.org haventoday.org and now how about some music from City of Light you my God have saved my soul I'm sure you are my God and you saved my soul. I was lost when you came for me, held in chains by the enemy, but you broke them in victory.
City of Lights opening this program with Saved My Soul on a haven today called In His Image. One of the strangest endings to a book in the Bible has to be the final scene in the book of Jonah. You've heard the story, no doubt. Jonah was a prophet, and the Lord called him to go to Nineveh, capital city of the oppressive Assyrian Empire, and preach against it to proclaim the imminent judgment of Yahweh against those people. Jonah did not go. He went in the opposite direction, but the Lord sent a storm and then a giant fish to make sure Jonah fulfilled his calling. He then went to Nineveh, and he preached the Lord's imminent judgment against them for their sin. And guess what? They repented. They turned to the Lord They declared a fast that extended even to their animals. The Lord turned back his anger and spared Nineveh. It was a huge success. The Lord's mercy and grace abounded. The Ninevites found salvation in the Lord alone. But Jonah did not rejoice. He was outraged. Jonah wanted Nineveh to be utterly destroyed because he hated them. They were oppressing his people, the people of Israel. They were brutes. Jonah wanted nothing to do with them. And we can understand a little bit why. It's difficult to love and forgive people who've been so harmful to you. And Jonah knew the Lord was a merciful God, that he abounds in steadfast love for those who trust in him. Jonah wanted the wrath, but the Lord was determined to save And Jonah was angry. Now that's strange to see from a prophet, even if we might understand his hesitation. Here he was, called by the Lord to go and preach, and he saw the kind of fruit any preacher prays for, yet he was angry when it happened. And then chapter 4 tells us Jonah got angry when the shady vine he was sitting under withered in the hot sun, leaving him to get sunburned. Well, there's a lesson here. Throughout the Bible, 
The Lord's wrath is described as a blazing fire, a withering flame. No one can stand before it. They become like chaff, withered and weak. Jonah was mad that he had to sit in the hot sun. But he wanted the heat of God's wrath to come down on those Ninevites. Well, I have to say that's exactly how Christians can behave sometimes. We see the world as those who are good versus those who are evil, and we don't mind watching evil people suffer. But when we suffer, we wonder where the Lord is. When our vine withers and we experience heat, whether suffering or difficult circumstances, we get mad at God. And just like Jonah, we find ourselves angry with those evil people turning to the Lord and finding grace. The Lord asked Jonah, and he asks us, do you do well to be angry because of the vine? More importantly, do you do well to be angry because of the Ninevites? Shouldn't the Lord care about these people? That's an important question. And it brings me back to what it means to be a human being made in the Lord's image. Jonah had all but rejected the idea that the Ninevites could be loved by the Lord and saved by his grace. He hated them so badly that he essentially didn't see them as human anymore. He saw them as devils and demons. There's no hope of salvation for Satan. When we treat people as if they have no hope to be saved, as if they are only evil and incapable of redemption, we deny their humanity. That's pretty serious. In a political climate like ours, that's serious. Especially where I live in America, it's a divided nation. And on both sides of the aisle, there are so many who do this. All Democrats are evil. All Republicans are evil. As believers in Christ, we can't go that way. We need to take the Lord's words to heart. Should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left? The Ninevites were brutal, yes, oppressive and sinful. But the Lord had concern for them. And why was that? Because, as Ezekiel 33 tells us, the Lord takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. All people are created by the Lord and loved by the Lord because of that. They're in his image. The Lord doesn't rejoice when his creation dies or does harm to itself. Jonah had to learn this, and so do we. It reminds me of the Lord's words to Noah. Noah was not swallowed by a big fish. He lived in the belly of an ark while the Lord poured out his wrath upon the earth. And when he finally emerged, the Lord spoke to him. Listen to his words in Genesis 9. From each human being, too, I will demand an accounting for the life of another human being. Whoever sheds human blood by humans shall their blood be shed. For in the image of God has God made mankind. As for you, be fruitful and increase in number. Multiply on the earth and increase upon it. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you. I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. The Lord 
will demand an accounting of anyone who harms another human being, because God made mankind in his image. Even in a fallen world, you and I have an obligation to our neighbor, and not just because Christ calls us to love. We have an obligation to love our neighbor because they're made in the image of the Lord. It's easy to forget this. It's easy to see others as hopeless and wicked and ourselves as the only righteous out there. It's more difficult to see all of us as sinners made in the Lord's image in need of grace day by day. But that's what we're called to do. This goes for our perceived political enemies, those who actively hate us, the sexually immoral, or even just those people you don't really like. We're all in need of grace and help, and the Lord cares for all of us because we're made in his image. Now that is radical love. A call to take off the political lenses and the extreme rhetoric and to see everyone you meet as a sinner on the way. And this love will lead us to seek our neighbor's good in everything, to call them out of sin, but also to serve them, to love them, and most important, to share Christ with them so they might find salvation in him alone. The Lord takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but he and all the angels in heaven rejoice greatly when even one sinner turns to the Lord in repentance and faith. In his image, loved by the Lord, called to repent, to trust in Jesus, that's who we are, and that's how the Lord loves us. Would you join me in prayer right now? Lord, may we not be like Jonah. May we see every human being on this planet to be a person in need, in need of grace, but also made in the image of God. May we not just see our own righteousness as we hate others. May we see the grace that you've given us, something that needs to be imparted to others. Grace saves us because of Jesus Christ dying for us on the cross. Lord, bring this home to us today as we don't just serve and love others, but we share our Jesus with them. In whose name we pray. Amen. Oh, cleanser of the mess I made Upon the hill I place his Stretched on a cross, your body crushed By human hands you formed from dust Oh, how wonderful your mercy is How awesome are your ways I come Patience for my learning curve
all you've done here on Haven Today. If you've been listening to the program the last several days, you know we've been offering a special documentary that takes a positive look at what it means to be made in his image. In fact, that's what the film is called. And I'm thankful that M.D. Perkins and his team made this movie because it's so helpful to remind all of us that the Bible teaches about this important topic. What would it be like if every human being knew how valuable they are? Oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my lips, you know it completely, O Lord. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. What would it be like if every person knew that they were created in the image of God? Those are the opening moments from In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. It's a powerful documentary, and it's rooted in God's Word. And it'll help all of us better understand how sin has brought confusion our way. But even better, it points to the hope we can all find in Jesus Christ. It's filled with God-exalting testimonies as well as helpful and biblical teachers who will give you answers and hope straight out of God's Word. Why don't you call us right now and ask for the double DVD of In His Image. And for your gift to the ministry, we'll send it to you right away. Our number you can call now is 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit our website. Check out the long trailer we have there for In His Image. And then you can make your gift and ask for the double DVD. There at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? And again, we get to share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. For your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Did God really say? That's the beginning of the question the serpent asked Eve in the Garden of Eden. It led to the first sin and the fall of mankind. Even today, we can wonder, has God really said? How can we be sure? Where can we look? Thankfully, we have answers to these questions. In the first chapter of Hebrews, we read these words. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. God the Father has spoken through Jesus Christ the Son. We don't have to wonder what he says to us. We can hear him in his word. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit 
getanchor.com.